We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pack a Day podcast. It's Wild Card Saturday. And there is no Packers game, but fortunately, that does not mean they did not make the playoffs. They are on a bye. I am Jason Perrone of Cheesehead TV, and of course, the Pack a Day podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and the Pack a Day podcast. Mark, Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you, Jason. And you know what? This is one of my favorite Wild Card weekends because <laughs> because the Packers aren't playing. No and stress, I, stress free. Exactly. I like. Like I think I, I joked with you. Uh, we were texting during the week, and I said, "Man, I don't know." The, after that game against the Lions, I said, "I, I don't know if they need a buy." I did. My goodness, the last month was 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 taxing. Yeah that that game that game set us all back a lot. I think, and it wasn't so much that. It was the Lions because anything can happen in a divisional game. Is the fact that of what well, was the road, on the line? Road divisional game. Well, but the Lions, you know, through the years they've always been spoilers for the Packers. But it was what was on the line. Yes. You know what? If, all right, let me go off. I know people don't. We, we we have a lot to talk about, but people like little stories sometimes, right? And sure, you like sure. I love. So, so I'm. I you know I have to watch the game for for Packer Report obviously because I write immediately after the game, but. The game wasn't televised locally here. It wasn't a lot of places. Now, you probably did. Did you get it locally? I had it locally here in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah most of the country did. But the Panth- I'm, I'm in South Carolina. The Panthers 
were one of they were playing the Saints, which was kind of an important game to the Packers too a little bit because had the Panthers upset the Saints, it wouldn't have mattered. But um, so that was the local game. So I have to go to this little bar that I go to whenever, and they really treat me great there. They, I have my own. T- like my, they give me a table with a t- the Packer game right in front of my table. Nobody generally bothers me. It's great. I love the people. At, it's Brisket and North Myrtle Beach. I love them. But um, I'm there, and there's a there's a woman, an older woman. Even for me to say older, she must be old, right? Um, <laughs> she's a Lions fan from Detroit, and she comes every week. Sometimes she has a couple people with her. But normally, I don't even pay attention to her. She don't, like I said, nobody bothers me. Well, this week, obviously, she's watching the same TV I'm watching. So she's like, "Oh yeah, you're, uh, you don't, you don't have anything to worry about. You're going to kill us." I'm like, "Well, first of all, it's not me. I'm just going to, I'm just here watching, but I'm worried." He's like, no, no, your Packers are going to kill the Lions. I'm like, road game, division game, no, I'm not. So now the Lions are winning, and she's like, don't worry, don't worry, we're going to blow this game. We're not. Probably I had to, like, yell. I'm worried, all right? Leave me alone. I'm worried. (laughs) Stop telling me not to worry. Right. And I was worried right till Mason Crosby kicks that field goal. And guess what? That field goal was kind of shaky going up. Yes, it was. And and I don't know in all of your years covering football if you've ever seen a team beat the same team twice in a season while never leading during regulation. Never saw it. I don't, I'm not sure it's ever happened before. Not twice. I've seen it happen once, not, but not not twice to the same you know same team same. No, I've never seen it. No, you might have to go explain to Donovan McNabb that that's possible. He, <laughs> he might not know the rule. Well, he knows that. Well, he he, he learned that he learned the overtime rule. But I'm not, you know, I don't know if he knows that. Well, so like we said, no Packers game this weekend. Right. Stress free for Green Bay. They're on a bye week. They did have a couple light practices this week, Thursday and Friday, and so no big news came out of that. They were basically walkthroughs. But right. the one thing that did come out of it that was very good for news for Packers fans and for the team was Raven Green was back on the practice field. Now he hasn't been activated yet, but he's been designated for return, which means. He's ready to go, and it's just a matter of when they pull the trigger on it. I don't know about you. I, I would assume, Mark, it was a sight for sore eyes for you. Oh, you know, he's one of my one of my favorite players. I'm, I actually follow James Madison football. I'm probably only one of the few people listening, or you know, that my my daughter went to James Madison, so I'm a big James Madison fan. Um, so I watched Raven Green at James Madison. He actually, I think he's the same year as my daughter too. Um, so yeah, I I I liked I loved them. I was loved them when the Packers signed them. I, I liked him last year uh, when, I, when we were doing this. He was one of my sleepers to make the team. He did. I, I looked like I knew what I was talking about for once. Um, but no, I'm a big Raven. And I thought I thought he played. I thought before he got hurt, he was really playing well for them in that hybrid linebacker kind of nickel spot. Um, now he's been out a long time. There's got to be a lot of rust. But it's, it's always you know it's always good to get a good player back. And they have the roster spot available because for unknown reasons they kind of released. Tony Brown last week. Yeah, that was weird. That was odd, and I don't know what all the scoop is behind that. I have to believe that there was something more than on the field or injury related on that, but that's all speculation. But Raven Green, I don't know, man. He's a smart player. He's an undrafted guy, so obviously he's not a first-round talent, but he he could be one of those X factors that steps in at the end of the season. And now you got him and Campbell that you can rotate in and out. And Sullivan. And Sullivan, Channy Sullivan, yeah. And Channy Sullivan actually made a couple big plays against the Lions. So the Packers are getting... That, well, kid, that kid's made plays all year for him. I, that was a wonderful addition, pickup. For yeah. 
off of nowhere, you know? Well, I'll think about, you know, not to not to get too far ahead of myself here, but I'm just going to use as, as an example of, you know, obviously when you go deep in the playoffs, and if you think about the Packers in 2010 and what they did, there were – there were every single guy on the roster contributed. I mean, J- Jared Bush had an interception in the Super Bowl. Bush. Yeah. So you have to get guys to play well, above their heads. <laughs> Green made the big hit on Roethlisberger that caused the inter- Butler's interception that he brought back for a touchdown. Not yep. Butler. Oh, I got Butler on my mind, Hall of Fame. Nick Collins. Howard Green. So it was like the pickups, the signings, everybody had to contribute. Everybody had to elevate their play. Maybe they thought Tony Brown, like, look, this guy can't elevate his play. We need we need this roster spot. I mean, obviously, do you want Tony Brown or Raven Green on the field? It's Raven Green. Well, I, I, I think, um, I, again, there's something we, we, we may not know. I'm going to take a speculation here that they knew they were going to activate Raven Green, right? And that, and when they looked at the route, who were we going to cut? They decided they were going to cut Tony Brown. They cut him a week early, and it worked out for him. The Bengals picked him up. So, they might have done. It might have been like, let's do the kid a favor by cutting him now, and somebody might pick it. Because if you, if they didn't cut him now, now it's off season. Teams, you know, who knows what what might happen for him. But he did get picked up, and he was claimed by the first team that could claim him, the Bengals. So obviously, you know, he he people feel he belongs in the league, and good for him. I I hope I like to see him go to the Bengals and you know play well for them. Why not? Well, one one reason why this this in twenty it's okay, but not in twenty one because they play the Packers. Okay, <laughs> but I mean I, I mean yeah that's that's fine and it, you know kudos to Tony Brown he did okay he had had a couple of nice moments over the two years he was with the team yeah. he well, also was with penalties on special teams that bothered me but other than that he he wasn't he's not a, he was again nice undrafted kid that made him made the most of it yeah. Yeah, so Raven Green's back in the fold. That's, that'll be a matter of time, and I would have to assume that he's going to be ready to play next week when the Packers host whoever it is that they get. We'll get to the we're gonna we're gonna touch on the Saturday games because our Sunday crew is gonna touch on the Sunday games. So we'll be talking about the AFC games. But before we get to that, a couple a little bit more Packers news it came out on Friday that there were no first team All Pros on the Green Bay Packers, and I think the biggest name missing, obviously, Mark, we talked about it before the show, was Zadarius Smith. Yeah, I mean, and again, I, I'm not a big fan of the, of these these voting, these all-pro teams, Pro Bowl squads, all that, because I used to have a vote. I actually had a vote for more than a couple years, and I actually put time into it. I, I you know, I, I researched, I called people. I don't think a lot of guys do that, I, and, and they really should, or they shouldn't have a vote. Um, but, I mean, how can you, you didn't make anything, right? No, he didn't get voted for it to anything. So Chandler Jones and T.J. Watt were your first team All Pros, and then your second team was Shaq Barrett and Cam Jordan. Yeah, I mean, taking nothing away from any of those four guys, all very good football players, but I don't think all four of them are better than. Then I'll, I'll say all, I don't think all four of them had a better year than than Zadarius Smith. That's that. I mean, if you watch them play, if you watch what he meant to that defense, and let's be honest, the Packers the Packers defense was their best unit this season. Yeah, There's no doubt about it. Especially down the stretch when they needed the wins. Come on, the Bears get the Viking game, the Bear game, the Lions game. The defense won all three of those games for him. Well, think about this. He had three and a half sacks against Minnesota. And I get the voting has to encompass the entire season, right? So he has a huge, impactful game against the Vikings. And maybe that was one of the big reasons why the Vikings offense was such trash yeah. that, you know, last week. And then he has, you know, he gets a hand on David Blau, slows him down for a half a second, and then... Blake Martinez comes in, cleans it up for the sack. I mean, he makes an impactful play almost every game. 
every game. And and teams are going out of their way. He's making other guys better because teams are focusing on They're putting a back in there. They're keeping a back in to chip him or a tight end in to chip him where they're putting two guys. I mean, when the offensive coordinator is, is, is working all week be, before they, they play the Packers, that's the guy they're talking about in the meetings. That's the one. They're not – listen, I'm sure they're worried – well, Kenny Clark, too. Kenny Clark had a great year also. Mm-hmm. But, um, they, you know, Preston Smith is good and, and other guys are, you know, but they're talking – most of the, the verbal dialogue in the other team's meeting rooms is about Zadarius Smith. There's, there's no doubt in my mind about that. That's that's the guy that they're worried about. And, and guess what? Even in spite of all that, he still had a monster year. Well, if it's going to piss him off that he didn't get any All-Pro, then let's have him take it out on these next two games. Exactly. I hope there's two games. Three games. Let's go to the three games. Let's three games. Right. So the only the only Packer that received a vote of any kind was David Bakhtiari, made the second team All-Pro. And you and I talked about it. He didn't have necessarily a great season this year, but it's that whole factor of, you know, he didn't maybe get it last year. So he Or, or did he make the did he make All-Pro last year but not the Pro Bowl? Yeah, I think so. And so it's it's one of those things where you know it's almost like remember back in the day when you used to go to the ball game and you and you would get at baseball games and you would get like the punch out ballot for the all star yes. and you're and you're like a kid and you'd go through it and what are you going to pick you're going to pick the names that you know and I think that's like you said a lot of guys do that I think Zach Cruz on from Packers Wire posted on Twitter on Friday and said that there was a vote that was cast for all pro for Frank Clark as a defensive tackle and I'm just you know you had a vote before and I'm just curious like. So do you, do you literally, can you just literally write in the, the player's name and the position, whether you get it right or wrong, or is there no, like, governor on who you're voting for? Yeah, see, I, I, I I thought there was. I thought, <laughs> thought when I handed mine in, if I made a glaring mistake like that, it would either get sent back to me or corrected or something. But, you know, fortunately, I never did anything like that, so I wouldn't know. I mean, I'd be like voting for Aaron Rodgers as a wide receiver. Right. Well, and I'm sure there's got to be some kind of a – you know, but when you're like, okay, well, if you're on the defensive line, you're in a defense that's a three-four, and sometimes you stand up, sometimes your hands on the ground. Like, you know, Zadarius Smith could have gotten some votes for a D as a defensive end. I don't know. I mean, right. but that's that's the All-Pro, and I think the All-Pro and there. It's funny. There's a lot of chatter going on Twitter. You know, this came out earlier today. There's a lot of chatter going on Twitter about All-Pro and the voting, and some of these voters are getting outed for how they voted. And you know, I guess I guess uh, you know Richard Sherman's John back and forth with Florio, and, and Florio's threatening to take him to court over something. I don't know, like slander or something. I don't know, some kind of drama there. But it's interesting to hear you say that because we always wonder how seriously do these guys who gets the vote and how seriously do they take well, it. And so to you. Again, again, this, I, I think this could have changed over. I've been out now for what three years, but um, I know when I was voting, this was and this was like, you know, um, mid, you know, most of the two thousands, say two thousand to two thousand ten or so. It was the way it was then. It's an AP team, okay? It's the AP pro, uh, all pro team. So the writer, every there's an Associated Press has a writer in every city. Well, he have he would have a vote, and I don't know if he picked one or I don't know if there's two votes per city or three. I'm sorry, I told you two off the air, off the podcast. It might now that now that I think about it, it might have been there might be three three votes per city. Um. Anyway, so the AP guy he he votes and he picks two guys that he trusts the most to to also vote, and you know I was flattered that the whether it was Rob Rob Motti was the guy in Philly. 
um, that asked me to vote along with him. Uh, before that, it was a guy named uh, Ralph Bernstein who also asked me to vote. Um, but like I said, I, I took it as a, a major responsibility. I thought it was, like I said, I was flattered that I was, that I was asked, and um, I put a lot of work into it. I would call Bob McGinn in Green Bay and say, hey, who do you th- or what Packers do you think? I'm, I'm thinking about voting for Z- Zadarius Smith. What do you think? Oh, yeah, he had a great year. I'm looking at his numbers. They seem pretty good, but it wasn't fake. When, or sometimes it, you'd call a guy and say, hey, you know, I'm, nah, you know what? His numbers look good, but he really, yeah, no, nah, he's not better than Zos. Oh, okay, great, thanks, you know. So I would at least make calls and look, you know, I wouldn't just do it off the top of my head like in, in, in five minutes. Like like you said, I wasn't like the kid at the, at the game poking out my, my ballot, you know. I put some time into it. Right. And you would hope. And you would hope and I and I know some other guys did. I know other guys did because they would call me about and ask me about Eagle players. So I know some guys. I wasn't the only one that took it serious. Other guys did did take it serious, you know. But that well, they important. should. Well, they should because yeah, but you know, well, yeah, but here's the thing, Mark is you need to. And I'm preaching right now, and I sound like you know old man River here getting getting down on everybody. But you have to take it seriously because the reality is is that a lot of these players get paid if they yes. do or don't make that that get that vote, right? Oh, you're right. There's a, a lot of them have it in their clauses. They get a bonus of whatever, or, you know, which isn't good. But I don't think that's a good thing because, you know, that could lead to, hey, vote for me. Well, that was I, what I think <laughs> that I think that's what Richard Sherman and Florio were jawing back and forth about was that Sherman was, was you know, and he's kind of, you know, he gets a little mouthy sometimes. No, you know, the one, thing I'll, the one thing I'll say about Richard Sherman, and this is not a Niners or a, you know, Niners podcast, but he did his own contract and got a lot of flack for it, and he bet on himself, and he did get a yep. second-team All-Pro vote, and I think he did make some money because of it. So he did okay in that sense, and I do I can't appreciate a competitor, you know, betting on himself and coming through and actually make it. Cause he, you know, he had a he had a pretty decent season. He's just not a he's not a whole lot of fun to listen to if you're not a if you're not a fan of his team, you know. No, but he's you know, like you said, I I respect him. I do. I. I, yeah, you're right. If he's not on your, he's the kind of guy you want. If he's on your team, he's one of your favorite players. Right. And if he's not, you you kind of you don't want to listen to him sometimes, like you said. But I know I, I give him I give him a lot of credit. So that's the all pro piece of it all. But the only thing that matters really is is what Zadarius Smith's going to do for the Packers over these next couple of weeks, and hopefully at least one game. Hopefully two. I'll tell you what. Let me tell you this. So. The Packers had one second team offensive lineman, and they went th- and they won thirteen games. Matt Lafleur did a hell of a job, didn't he? Yep. There you go. He, he should be coach of the year, then, right? Great point. Which won't happen because you know there's all kinds of other stories that are apparently better than his. So uh, I, I, mean, I don't know. How, I don't know how that's going to shake out, but we'll find out in a couple weeks. How many? How many 49ers made it? Made All Pro. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but I would imagine that there were a few. Okay, and I'm sure a bunch, of, a lot of Ravens made it. The Packers were the only. I think they were the only team that didn't have. Were they the only team that, or only playoff team that didn't have a first uh, team All Pro? That Matt Lafleur has got to be Coach of the Year. Yeah. If the same guys that vote for that vote for the Coach of the Year, how do you not? I mean, you're 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 telling me that none of their players are very good, right? They're not. They good won enough. 13 games. Yeah. And they won 13 games, have a bye, so they're the second seed in the NFC. And the coach got to be the greatest. He's got to be the best coach. Yeah. To, to win 13 games without any great players. 
What the hell? Well, you're a diligent voter and you do your research, but if some of these other voters, you know, go about it the way they went about the all pro voting, then I, I don't expect Matt LaFleur to even get a look. No, they're all going to vote for Shannon. <laughs> right. Which is okay. Yeah, you know. he, he did a great job too. I'm not well, he anything. he did he did do a great job, but when his team gets beat at home in the NFC Championship game, it's going to be. Uh... <laughs> Actually, they might get beat in the divisional round, and we won't have to worry I about the NFC Championship game. That, we can get into that later, but that's what I'm that's what I'm I'm hoping Seattle can will will win the rubber match. Okay? So I was I mean you know the 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 NFC games are on Sunday, which is not on our slate today, but that's yeah, that's going to be. That's going to be a fun game to watch. But in in former Packer news, former head coach Mike McCarthy. So he interviewed with the Giants this week. He's already interviewed a couple times with the Carolina Panthers. I'm sure you grabbed a beer with him while he was out there, Mark. So <laughs> well, that's three hours away. I'm not that close. Yeah, me. right. So uh, you know, the, the, you got a couple of, of openings in the NFL right now. You've got the Cleveland opening, which is a little messy, but the Cleveland opening. You've got the Dallas Cowboys. We know Jason Garrett's not going to be back. You got the Giants and the Carolina Panthers. Ron Rivera's. In Washington, he's going to take over the Redskins. So, of these openings, not that McCarthy's interviewed for or expressed interest in all of them, but where do you think he fits best? I think, well, I think Carolina is a good fit. I really do. Um, keep, in, keep in mind, my, my thing with Mike McCarthy is that in his tenure in Green Bay, and it was a good tenure. It really was. I mean, it didn't end. It didn't end well. But I think it just most most don't. Tom Landry's didn't end well in Dallas, you know. But you can't take anything away from what he did prior to that. Andy Reid didn't end well in Philly. And I think we. I think you and I have talked about this, but this this before. To me, Mike McCarthy and Andy Reid are kind of the same. Their their careers are so similar, in that, you know, they did. They had great success with their with their team. Mike actually did, did better than Andy because Mike won a Super Bowl. Andy got to the Super Bowl and lost. Mike got there and won. Uh, Mike went to four NFC championship games. Is that correct? Yep. Andy went to five. So we'll give Andy one more NFC, one, one more championship game. But Mike, but Mike won a Super Bowl. Andy didn't. So I got to give Mike, put him a little ahead of there. But toward the end, it, it just got stale. The players just stopped listening to what they were saying. They're, they were saying the same things over and over. Players got tired of it. Their staffs were different. You know, Andy lost some people off his staff and didn't really – the guys he replaced them with weren't as good. I think you could say the same thing about Mike. Um, I mean, it's, very, it's eerily, eerily similar. Now, Andy got a job right away in Kansas City and has done a good job. I think Mike, wherever he lands, I think he'll do a good job. I really do. Um, if I'm him and I have my choice, I'm taking Carolina because I think that team has some talent. Um and anyway, what I started to say at first, the two things that Mike did that he deserves a lot of credit for is he kind of fixed Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. You know, Favre was kind of looking not so good under Sherman at the at the end of the Mike Sherman era, and McCarthy kind of fixed him, got him back on track, and they went to the NFC Championship game, and then he developed Aaron Rodgers. Well, I think Cam Newton needs to be fixed. Cam Newton is still a, a to me a great talent. But there's something wrong there. I mean, it, part of it's injury, part of it's his head. Maybe I don't know. But he needs to be fixed, and I think Mike McCarthy can. Of all the available coaches that are out there, I think he could. I think he'd be a good a good head coach for Cam Newton. Yeah, so, and I'd say I would tell him the same thing. I'd say Carolina or New York because you got 
if, if it's the Giants, Daniel Jones, second year, young quarterback, you can get in there and work with him a little bit. Both. But but in the Carolina situation, I think you win either way because either, it's either what you said, you get a chance to help fix Cam Newton, turn him around, or if they're going to move on from Cam Newton for some reason, then you're going to get your own quarterback in there somehow and you're going to get a young guy to work with. No, and yeah, and he, and he has – that team – I mean – I, I I see them a lot, obviously, and every, it's two years in a row now where they got out of the gate, and you thought, "Hey, this is a pretty good team," and then they just something, and they just fell apart, and they went and it snowballed, and well, this year once they fired Ron, and um, it was just a mess. They, they didn't they lost like what the Packers beat them, and they didn't win another game. Yep. Um, yeah, that just I don't know, just kind of it just kind of snowballed on them, but there's. I mean, they you know if you can fix Cam, you got a great running back, you got decent receivers. You might want to fix the offensive line a little bit, but you could you could do that in a the draft. They have some talent on on defense. Um, it's I mean they're not that's not a team. I don't think that team. The Giants I think need a lot of work. I mean, they, they that's a team that that defense is awful. They don't I mean they don't have two good players on 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 defense. Um, the offensive line isn't very good. Uh, the quarterback, I'm not, I'm not sold on Daniel Jones. I don't know. He turns them off. I mean, he can be. I guess you can develop him. I, I guess. I mean, anybody can be developed. But I, yeah. I mean, if 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 I'm Mike McCarthy and both teams offer me the job, I'm taking Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Right? But the Cleveland one thing. Too, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, so in Cleveland, <laughs> right now, I don't know if Mike McCarthy wants. They might want him. I don't know if he wants Cleveland. So you've got. You've got Freddie Kitchens that was fired, and and then your you know our guy John Dorsey gets let go as the general manager. Well, he kind of showed himself the door by making that head coaching decision. But you, like you said beforehand, and I heard it as well, there were a lot of people that were upset that John Dorsey didn't get the GM spot in Green Bay over Brian Gutekunst. Yeah, well, how'd that work out? <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should trust Mark. You know, you know who's gotten a, who's gotten ripped a lot too, and I praised him in, a, in my last column for Packer Report, Mister Murphy's deserves a lot of apologies from Packer fans. Mm-hmm. He did a, you know, everybody's ripping him. For some reason, nobody likes him. I don't know why. But he hired a pretty good GM. He hired a pretty good head coach. He didn't He didn't go with the Norr. Everybody wanted to go Dorsey, Dorsey, Dorsey. Well, guess what? Dorsey put, it, put together a disaster in Cleveland. Okay? A disaster. That team has way more talent than a lot of teams. That, they're, they're more talented than the Tennessee Titans. I mean, what, what what they put on paper? They had a number one pick quarterback. They went out and traded for Beckham. They they got uh, Olivia Vernon from the Giants. They got Kareem Hunt. Kareem, yeah, they went out and put together an all star. What they thought was an all star team. Landry, yeah, yeah, they have they have a they have a ton. Yeah. And plus, you got and you got Baker Mayfield. Yeah, they yeah. just they they didn't get they didn't get out of them what they needed to. And nope. and, and, it a, and it was a terrible hire. Freddie Kitchen was a terrible. You know, if I'm McCarthy, I don't I don't even want. Yeah, they should have hired him last year. Right. And then maybe they wouldn't have been a disaster this year. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the, I don't necessarily know what the deal is there. But not only that, but you know, when you're talking about Mark Murphy, but it, it could have been uh, John Dorsey as as the GM hiring Josh McDaniels the head coach, or Freddie Kitchens, or Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. So <laughs> obviously not, a, obviously not a deserves deserves for all everybody that ripped them and called them names and everything else. You know what cracks me up? People, oh, let the football people. Do a Mark Murphy, you're getting a Mark Murphy was an all pro football player. You know? Yep. He's a football guy. He he I mean how many how many 
Jeffrey Lurie's not a football guy. Daniel Snyder's not a football guy. They never, they never put a helmet on in their life. Mm-hmm. Why, where have he played at all pro level for the Washington Redskins? Right. He is a football guy. Yeah. Yeah, he played. I mean, you know, and he just, for some reason, he's just, with a certain faction of Packers fans, he's not a likable guy. But listen, give him credit because the Packers are hosting like a game. That. If they win, they're back in the NFC Championship game three years later with a first-year head coach that got them 13 wins. And you got a GM who, you know, put him put himself on the line and signed a couple of free agents to try to make a difference. And, and drafted they, well and signed some un- unheralded free agents that have done well. And they like did. That. Well, so, perfect segue. <laughs> unheralded. To me, unheralded is somebody who maybe doesn't get as much credit or accolades or whether it's valid or not. So we got some other good news this week. We've got a former Packer, a Packer Hall of Famer, who is a Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist in Leroy Butler. And damn, is it about time. You want to talk about having a vote, Mark. I wish you had a vote for this. Me too. Yeah, I, I would. I, I would definitely. If, if I was casting a ballot for a Hall of Fame, I never. That's one thing. I, I voted for a lot of things. I've never been a Hall of Fame voter. Um, but again, I think I hope the guys take. I hope people that vote there um, realize how great a player Leroy Butler was. Well, it's going to be tough because you got John Lynch and Troy Polamalu on the same ballot. Those are both safeties. Yeah, but well, let me tell you this: Troy Polamalu was great. I I would vote for both of them. John Lynch, Leroy Butler, Leroy Butler was not even close. In my, in my opinion, not even close. No, the, no, he wasn't. I mean, John, Lynch, good player. Don't get me wrong. John Lynch was on a good. John Lynch was a, John Lynch was a good player that was on an, an absolutely elite team for one season, two seasons. Yeah. No, good player. Nothing taking nothing away from him. Longs on the ballot. But you can't vote for John Lynch over Leroy. You just can't. Not Triple good. O and, and Leroy. You could argue that all day. But I, that's why I would vote for both of them. I think they both belong. Well, I'll tell you what my theory is as to why it took this long. It's very simple, Mark. That, that's because this year is a leap year. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a great line. I wish I thought it at first. It truly is. It truly is a leap year. So they had to wait. They had to wait till the leap year to put them in. Right? This is the year to put them in. Yeah, they had to wait till the leap year to get leap thirty six in there. So, um, congrats to Leroy Butler because I'll tell you, uh, growing up. And watching Packers football, I caught the very tail end of the crappy 80s. And I didn't have to wait very long for the team to get better. And Favre came along. And Leroy Butler was one of the biggest reasons why. He he was with some of those bad teams in the early 90s when he got drafted. And he stayed on and became one of the centerpieces of, of those defenses. And it was awesome to see a homegrown talent that they drafted and brought in turn into that. And he also obviously overcame a lot of obstacles growing up because, you know, he... He had, you know, he had issues walking and, and all that kind of stuff. And to be an all-pro player like that and, and to be considered for the Hall of Fame, and he's probably going to get in eventually. I mean, that's – the story writes itself. We know what to – and like you said, what, what took so long. And, like, also, safeties, for some reason – and I've written I – wrote, I wrote about this a few times about Brian Dawkins, who finally did get in last year. And maybe that broke the ice because it was hard for some reason – it was hard for a safety to get into the Hall of Fame. There weren't many. At all. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought, you know, Doc's not going to get in. It's going to be tougher. Tough. I wrote this after Doc re- retired that, you know, everybody, you know, everybody in Philly thought he was, oh, he's a Hall of Fame, greatest player ever. And, and, you know, and I'm glad he got in. I'm really glad Brian Dawkins got in. But so maybe, maybe this, that position now, maybe Dawkins, like I said, broke the ice. And I think Palomalo and, and Leroy should be in. 
Um, when's Ed Reed up? Reed's in. He got in last year. He got in this oh, year. Oh, or he, he got in in 2019. That's right. So the safety, okay. That's right. So now it's becoming, it's the safety, uh, yeah, he's getting in. He's but I'll tell you this right now. Dawkins was good, but if Dawkins, I mean, Ed Reed should have gotten in before all of them. Well, you have to wait. Well, I know you have to wait, but I'm just saying if we're talking, uh, if we're going strictly based on who's most deserving, and you've got another guy who converted from corner to safety who's going to go in on his, on his first ballot, which is Charles Woodson, whenever he's eligible. But yeah, he's a corner, though. He's a corner, corner slash safety. I mean, he's, you know what, Charles Woodson. No, you know what, Charles Woodson should go. I mean, and it doesn't even matter because football players don't go in with a specific team. But what what they should put on Charles Woodson's plaque if they put the position is they shouldn't put a position. They should literally just write football player because the guy was an all around football. He's been special teams, safety, corner. Like the guy did everything. Yeah, no, he was great. He was and. That was a great that talk about, you know, free good free agent signing. Well Leroy Butler, you know, that's oh. and, and I have to say it's one of the special things for me was the first Packers game I ever went to and attended was uh in the year two thousand. Packers didn't do anything special that season, but I got to watch the Packers up close. I was in like the seventh or eighth row at Sun Devil Stadium, watched them beat the hell out of the Cardinals. And it was Favre and Leroy Butler and Gilbert Brown and a lot of the guys that were still on the team from the 96 squad that was special for me, you know, to watch my team win and be that close to the field. I was on the Packers' side and to watch Leroy Butler and get a chance to see those guys up close. Like, that's that's something I'll always remember about that game. It was it was, it was was awesome. It was very special for that reason. But I, it's, it's long overdue, obviously. Leroy Butler... May or may not get into the Hall of Fame, but he's a finalist. And I have to say that 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 opens up the door, kind of starts the ball rolling, and then hopefully, you know, he gets a chance to get in because there have been some guys that got to the finalist level, but then in the few years after that, they didn't. They didn't. So who knows? I mean, you know, you never know how the voting's going to go. But this looking at again, I, I looked at the ballot. I didn't study it real hard, but I looked at it. He's got a chance. I mean, it's not a it's not a spectacular. Like there's nobody. You got to think now. Who else? But there's not like a bunch of great quarterbacks on this one, you know what I'm saying, where you're like some automatics. So I think he should – I really – I mean, I looked at it. I tried to be ob- objective as I could. I'm, I think he gets in. I hope so. I mean, selfishly, obviously, we want him to get in. Right. As Packers fans, so. But, I mean, uh, even besides that, I mean, he, you know, I think he belongs – I mean, him and Palomalo were, were the first two. I would, they, they would be my, my, my first two. And there's a couple other guys that are on there, too. I, I don't have it in, in, in front of me right now. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, there's more than number. I mean, his numbers are good. But, like you said, he kind of – he gave that Packer defense a presence back then. You know what I'm saying? He was like the reason – I mean, he got – he was there. He, he was there for the turnaround when they went from awful to playoff team to Super Bowl champ, you know? Well, I mean, listen, Reggie White was a legend. He was he was great, and they had a lot of really great players. But Leroy Butler was the heart and soul of that defense. Yeah. And he was there longer than Reggie and, and before Reggie. Way longer. He was a heritage member of that defense. So out, of, out of all the guys that were there, because they brought in Sean Jones, free agent. Koontz came in after that. Brian Williams after that. You know, Doug Evans, free agent. Um, you know, or uh, Eugene Robinson, free agent. Doug Evans came in after that. Newsom came in after that. All of those guys were great. Santana Dotson, they were all great. Brian but Simmons. Leroy, Wayne, Brian Williams, Wayne Simmons. All those yeah. guys, yeah. Leroy, Leroy had been there. He'd been there the longest. But none of them are, I mean, you know, none of them, I'm not going to lie, none of them belong in the Hall of Fame. 
Reggie's in, obviously. Reggie's the greatest player I've ever covered, but um, Butler is he's the next. Yeah, he's got he he belongs in. He belongs in. So cheers, cheers to leap thirty six. So turning our leap year's perfect. So turning our attention to Wild Card Saturday, we have two AFC games here. So lucky you and I, we get to cover, we get to talk about two AFC matchups. So the first one, and this is interesting, Houston's going to host the Buffalo Bills. The Bills being back in the playoffs is always kind of a, a very noteworthy thing because they've only been twice in the last thirty years, and the last time two, well, two years ago they two years ago they 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 got in the loss, but Houston always seems to play in this early Saturday slot. Yes, they do. It's they a formula. Do. Now, it's a formula. I'm not saying they, they pick it. You know, it's a formula, but I'm just looking. So Houston is one, two, three, four, five. This is the sixth time since 2011 that they've been in the, in the, um, in the playoffs, and they've been in the wild card every single time. So they, they won it in 2011, won it in 2012, their wild card game, then they lost in the divisional. Then right. they lost in the wild card. To the Chiefs, thirty to nothing in 2015. They beat the Raiders back in 2016. Last no. year, they uh, last year they lost to the Colts, twenty-one to seven. And this year, they're this year they're playing the Bills. Here's the deal: the, yeah. the the Texans are only favored by two and a half. You get three points for being at home. So to me, that means Vegas thinks this game's coming down to the yeah. wire. Yep, I do too. It could be a good game. Both. The Bills play defense now. They're not going to score a lot on you, but they play defense. Yeah. Um, Sean McDermott's a guy I, I can consider. And I knew him when he was a kid when he first started working for the Eagles. Um, I consider. I mean, we got along pretty well. Um, he's done a great. I mean, you took the Bills when make. He's been there three years. They've made the playoffs two two of his three years. They only lost when they lost to Jacksonville on it the was, last play of the game, or something, wasn't it? Or yeah, it was totally. Like, it was back. I mean, it was a. They were they they went toe to toe with Jacksonville. Ten to three. Yeah, like I said, they don't they don't score a lot, but they don't give up a lot either. Well, here's the other thing, Mark. Buffalo lost their last two games. Now, in week sixteen or week seventeen, they were resting guys. They didn't care, but they finished ten and six. They could have been twelve and four Couldn't if they if they win those last two games somehow. Well, if they win the if they beat New England, yeah, they're the division they champs. Tried, they would have tried to beat the Jets. They wouldn't have rested everybody against the Jets, so they probably would have beat the Jets. Right. And then it's and then it's maybe it's flip flop because then it's then you got a twelve and four Bills team and you got at best eleven and five Patriots and they're the wild card. Right, they would the Bills would have to buy. Imagine that. Um, I kind of I hate this. I mean, I'm I don't I'm not rooting for either team. I don't. I guess I'm I'm no I'm rooting for the Bills because I like Sean. Um, and I have other some other friends in the in their organization. So I'm from a personal standpoint, I'm kind of rooting for the Bills. But in in close games, playoff games, when it's a close game, I kind of tend. Toward what the quarter, whatever yep. quarterback I think yep. is better, and I think Deshaun Watson's better than Josh Allen. Well, Josh Allen uh, definitely silenced a lot of a lot of um, haters. I mean, I don't know if the doubters are quiet yet, but the haters have to be a little bit quiet. Well, he's, yeah, he's not terrible, right? He's not terrible at all, but he's he's not. I think I, I mean I think Deshaun Watson. And I think Watson's going to play well, and I think Houston's going to come away with the with the win in the game. I don't I don't think Buffalo's going to pull off the upset. But if there's one reason maybe Packers fans might want that to happen, in addition, it's because old friend Micah Hyde is on the on the Buffalo Bills. He's going to get another crack at you know it's it's no secret that you know the the Bills finally make the playoffs for the second time in three seasons, and Micah Hyde's been with them the whole time. I mean he's he's a guy yeah. a lot of a lot of us wish was still in Green Bay. Yeah, and you know, and 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 I, and I see it online. I see you know on social media, Packer fans always always you know ripping Ted for letting Micah Hyde go. But you know, at the time, 
we thought haha Clinton Dix was going to be a very good safety. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you still had Morgan Bur- Burnett who was, you know, this is 3 years ago. He was still playing well. He wasn't getting old. he wasn't quite old yet. He wasn't getting hurt and everything. So there really was no room for Mike. I mean, you couldn't pay him enough. The Bills gave him a, the Bills gave Mike Hyde a lot of money as a free agent to be their starting safety. The Packers looked at him as a nickel guy, really. He was their fifth guy. So they really, I mean, it was hard to keep him. Yep. yep. You know, I mean, I, it's funny. I, I actually did a story about Micah Hyde. Um, when it was last year or the year before for NFL, uh, NFL.com for the player site. And um, I joked with him. I said, so you were in Green Bay for whatever many years, five years, I guess, uh, four or five years. And you became a free agent. I said, and you signed with Buffalo. I said, so Green Bay wasn't cold enough? You, you, you had to find... <laughs> right. What, what was it doing? <laughs> he laughed. Was like, he, said, he goes, you know, you're not going to believe this. He says, but when I became a free agent, I realized I wasn't going back to Green Bay. I told my agent, find me somewhere warm. I want to you know, I played, it, I played it, I've had my college ball at Iowa. It was cold. I played in Green Bay. It was cold. Find me, you know, find me a Florida team or, or somewhere, a California team. And, and he's like, all right. And then my agent calls me back and says... Well, Micah, I got good news and bad news. He says, the good news is I got a team that's dying for you, and they made you a great offer. Bad news is it's Buffalo. <laughs> and he says, oh, well, I guess I'm going to keep my winter coat, he said. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Green Bay and Buffalo, you, you don't get much colder in both of those places, do you? No, and there's some parallels there. you got a, you know, a hardy fan base. They know how to tailgate. You know, they're passionate. But so, McDermott really loved. Him. I mean, McDermott took over, and that was the guy he targeted. He wanted so, and he and and Sean played safety. He was a safety in college, yep. so he he knows the position. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, don't bet against him. It's Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien can screw anything up. So <laughs> you know, not a Bill O'Brien fan. Huh? Well, I mean, I, I I'm not not a Bill O'Brien fan. I don't really care. That's the nice thing about Saturday is that you know we don't have to care about it's the AFC. So it's literally going to be just kind of I hope it's fun games that go back and forth. Yeah, and a ton of drama because I'm not the one that has to deal with it. <laughs> exactly. So on the other side of things, you've got the New England Patriots playing on Wild Card Weekend literally for the first time in ten years. The last time they hosted a game this weekend was in 2009, and they got their butts kicked by the Baltimore Ravens and the. Uh, in the yeah the 2009 playoffs they hosted Baltimore and they got they got beat on the same day it was the, that was the early game on the Sunday and then the Packers and Cardinals played the you know game heard around the world later that afternoon uh, in 2000 early 2010 following the 2009 season so you've got the Patriots hosting the Tennessee Titans and they are coached by former Patriot and friend of Bill Belichick Mike Vrabel That's so like the Bills. The last time Tennessee was in the playoffs was in uh, following 2017. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs 22-21 in the wild card round, and then they went on to lose to the Patriots in the divisional round. So it's here's the deal, Mark. Everyone wants to see the upset. The Tennessee Titans certainly could do it. Derrick Henry's running all over everybody. The, the Titans look good. The Patriots have kind of limped into the playoffs, lost to the Dolphins in Week 17 at home. But... It's Bill Belichick, and he's got a lot of pride, and you know he's going to do everything within his power to try to win this game. I don't know if I'm, I'm not. I don't know if I'm betting against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady at home in a no. game that where their their pride is on the line. No, you'd be silly. I mean, I, I hear a lot of people saying, "Oh, that's the upset this week. Take the Titans and the points." Take the no. 
I mean, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to bet on the Patriots, but I'm damn sure not going to bet against them. Like I said, I don't bet against Brady and Belichick in big games. I just don't. The um, spread, the spread's five and a half. So to me, yeah. that to me that means you know Tennessee is going to have to you know New England's going to have to make some mistakes if Tennessee is going to walk away with a win on the road. Right. I mean, and again, maybe this is the end. I don't know. I mean, maybe this. I mean that. The Patriot dynasty has to end eventually. Maybe this is it. I, but again, I'm not going to. When it ends, I'll say it's over and what a great thing it was. But I'm not. I'm not going to bet on it ending. That's all. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not going to do that. Um, and again, like I said, you when in playoff games, I look to the quarterbacks. And I know Ryan Tannehill played out of his mind the last two months or whatever since he's been in. He's still Ryan Tannehill, and that's still Tom Brady. And this is where you got to remind the box score guy to just kind of shut up because you get box score guy that says, oh, or stats guy who says, well, Ryan Tannehill's actually playing better than Tom Brady because, and they'll give you every metric in the world as to why. But it comes down to what you just said. It's very simple. Uh, it's Ryan Tannehill versus Tom Brady. And I get that Tom Brady's aging and he's older and he can't do what he used to do and all, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we've heard a ton of that in Green Bay about Aaron Rodgers. But it's still Aaron Rodgers. It's still Tom Brady. It's still Bill Belichick. You don't until you see it with your own two eyes. It ain't over. Put it this way: if if Tennessee's up by three or four, whatever it is, and there's two minutes to go, and the Patriots get the ball, I'm I'm kind of confident that Brady's going to take him down for the score. Yeah. If New England's up three or four or whatever, two minutes to go. And the Titans get the ball. I'm not so sure Tannehill's. I'm take waiting it. for Tannehill to make a mistake, or the, or the yeah. Patriots to come up with another timely turnover like they always do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, so, yeah, and again, I might we might be wrong. Tennessee might be up there. Maybe they're maybe this is it. Maybe Tennessee's ready to become a, a good team, and the Patriots are ready to fall off the cliff. But I'm, I'll have to see it to believe it. Exactly, exactly. So, the games come up later today. Everybody enjoy those, along with the NFC slate on Sunday. Oh, we forgot to mention there, there are two former Packers on the Patriots. Oh, there are. That's all. Oh, that's right. You got Lawrence. Yeah, Lawrence Guy. That was a long time ago. Lawrence yeah. Guy. He's become a pretty good player, by the way. Reggie Gilbert's with the Tennessee Titans. We can't forget that. The Packers just traded. They have the Titans' seventh round pick for him. I think. Yeah. There you go. And then our our old friend, our old 2011 left starting left tackle, Marshall Newhouse. Is on the Patriots. And Patriots maybe starting, but that kind of scares you a little bit. <laughs> well, they got they still made the playoffs with Marshall yeah. Newhouse at left tackle, so they somehow made it through. But that's that's it's you know that's the the best part about this whole thing is we can watch stress free, figure out when when the uh, the next opponent is going to be. And Mark, I'm going to go out on a limb right now, and I'm going to say that you and I are going to be talking about a game two weeks from now. It's going to be the NFC Championship game. The only thing we don't know is if it's a home game or an away game and if the Packers are going to be taking on the 49ers or hosting insert team. I hope you're right. That's all I'm going to say. I hope you're right. This was a long one, man. We had a lot. We had. A, we ended up. We didn't think we were going to have a lot to talk about. We actually ended up going like way over. Yeah, I know we did. We got to, you're, you're going to have to edit it. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. I'm not editing any of this. Your stories? No way. I want all these sound bites for later, so I can you know play them for play them for the kid when he grows up a little bit and say, hey, I, I did, I did, uh, I was a regular podcast partner with the great Mark Eckel. <laughs> uh, well, I'm flattered. So no game this week, but you know, as always, when we end things off here, even though they don't play this weekend, 
the last thing and the only thing to do, the only thing left to do is go pack go. We'll talk to you next time. class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.